Banen. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night. Action. Guys, gals, think of the trilogy. We're just going to call it a trilogy. Sorry. Yes. A trilogy, that Indiana Jones trilogy. Oh, yeah, we know there's a fourth one. We're still calling it a trilogy. Now, of all three of those films, which one do you remember the most? Is it the one with the Nazis, you know, where all of the skin just melts at the very end? Or is it the one with Sean Connery? Us at Restaurant Fiction, we only remember the good one. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Temple of Doom one. You know, the one where a dude rips a, a heart out of another dude. But more importantly, the one where everyone feasts on monkey brains. Well, guess what? Restaurant Fiction did too. And we brought our dear friend, producer, and motorcycle badass Bob Camisa to chat about it. You see, we thought we were aficionados on the Guardian of Tradition dinner in Pankot Palace, and then we met Bob. If you can humble us on a dinner that we personally feasted on, then you have a seat at the restaurant fiction table. Pun not intended. All right, so before we start, let me tell you a little bit about Bob. He can tell you the brand of every motorcycle just by their sound. Some people call it a gift. Others call it experience. I call it a superpower. Personally, I can tell the difference between a little wussy Vespa, no offense if you have a Vespa, and the roar of a mean chopper. But that's about it. All right. Here is our review of the Guardian of Tradition Dinner in Pankot Palace from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and our interview with Bob Camisa. Go. I got a situation for you. Situation. Here we go. The Prime Minister invites you to a dinner. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, the president or the city council or the mayor. No, the Prime Minister. Not just that. The Maharishi, the Maharashi, the Maharaja, did I pronounce Maharaja, excuse me, the Maharaja, the prince, if you will, also invites you. So you have the two most powerful political players of the entire country inviting you to a dinner. Now, let me describe this dinner because obviously we went to this dinner. Uh, are they going to just take you to a dive bar? No, they're going to bring out the whole nine yards. I'm talking about uh, flautists and drummers. I'm talking about belly dancers. Oh, did I mention we're in India? That's right. We are in India, and it is a palace, if you will. I'm not talking about Taj Mahal Palace. I'm talking uh, a little bit uh, 20 miles, say, to the left. This huge palace, you have glass chandeliers. You have whoever is the high and mighty besides the Maharaja and the Prime Minister are there at this uh, table. Us at Restaurant Fiction, 
we are Americans. And what do I mean by that is we have American stomachs. We have uh, the bacteria of American stomachs. I'm giving you a little exposition because when we go to Mexico, we are recommended, us as Americans, we are recommended not to drink the water because we do not want Montezuma's revenge. But obviously, when we befriend and talk to locals, uh, drinking the water to them, it's fine. They have tougher stomachs. That being said, we went to India and we dined because that was a situation. This prime minister and the prince, if you will, invite us. We have to say yes. There's no amuse-bouche. First course, let's break it down. Dead boa constrictor. It's curled up and us at Restaurant Fiction, or at least the majority of us, we're from Arizona. So eating fried rattlesnake, no problem. Are we actually eating boa constrictor? No, we're not. Somebody cuts up the boa constrictor and suddenly a plethora of raw eels, slime and slither all across the table. And the only way to put one on your plate is if you actually boom thud, grab one, try to even kill it or bring it on. We're watching everyone else and they're slurping them up like spaghetti. Fact, raw eel filled with toxins. You eat it, you die. I mean, cooked eel, that's fine. That's another level. Bacteria is dead. Here's also a philosophical question. You know, are we, in a way, excuse our French here, pissing off the people who invited us because we're not eating the food, these delicacies? And no one's laughing. People are taking this seriously. We kind of just refrain. We hope that the next course is better. Now, the next course is a beetle, a scarab beetle. Now, truth be told, actually, we were okay with this one. We were okay because it reminded us of a crawfish. A scarab beetle, it's a rather larger beetle. It's bigger than a cockroach, kind of like the palm of your hand. And you kind of just crack open the innards, and it's this gushy gush. So if you, especially people from the south or New Orleans, you know, you crack open the head and slurp it all up. So we were okay with that one, you know. Uh, felt we were like Timon and Pumbaa eating up uh, the, you know, the scrunchy bugs, if you will. Next course is a soup, and the first thing you see are eyes, and they float to the top. Uh, whenever anyone sees an eye, and an eye, you know, an eye is an eye. It looks like a human eye, whether it be an animal eye or a fish eye, but it still is an eye. It's, you know, it scares you. We still ate the eye. It was uh, fatty, you know, it was just like a fish eye. It was pretty much like a, either a goat's eye or a, a sheep eye. We're still fine. So we're, to two out of the three ain't bad. Finally, we have dessert, the palate cleanser, monkey brains. Now, there are about 12 different types of uh, monkeys native to India. We feel it is some sort of baboon, but we are not sure. Uh, our zoologists need to do some fact checking on that. But anyway, it is still brains of a monkey. Now, we have eaten pig's head, cooked pig's head, but not monkey brains. This falls in line with the eel. We love all types of monkeys. We'll say, though, uh, we don't know what types of diseases or bacteria are in those monkeys, especially when it is chilled and raw. And once again, though, the people around us, this is like yum-yum in their tum-tum. I'm not disgusted by it. We are not disgusted by it. We want to dine. We want to indulge because it is a sense of community. But call us chicken shit if you will. Uh, we do refrain and we hope we do not make a bad impression. 
you know, when we talk to people of Temple of Doom, there are two things that people remember. Either it is different than any other Indiana Jones, that's number one, and also they remember this dinner scene. Take all the food out of it and imagine the scene of Indiana Jones, the British officer that's there that's checking in, and the prime minister, and then also the prince, just them talking and giving all the information. I think, to me, that would just be boring. What better way than to use food to kind of just amplify it? And not just food, let's just bring cuisine in that's the most grotesque, I would say, to Americans. And so, like, that's something that I think is just a, a really interesting way that we haven't seen through cinema as a way of telling exposition. By putting the scene in, you're, the audience is learning that our main characters don't have the stomach for this adventure they're about to go on. <laughs> Literally. That's exactly right. And it's interesting because you have Indiana Jones in the scene who's so focused and trying to extract some information also let the prime minister know some of what he knows about the history. At the same time, you have Short Round and Willie that are trying to just get through the meal. I think one of the most intriguing parts to me about the scene is when uh, Willie asks for the soup. She's like, do you have anything just simple? And it's like, they, she gets the soup and there's such, there's such relief on her face. And I think it's just so interesting because they open it up and all of a sudden the eyes come from the bottom up and she sees the eyes and she's like, oh. And short round, like, drops a spoon or something. And, you know, you have those staples of what you think, at least, can they have something that I will not offend, but also something that I could just eat? And, you know, you're like, well, I can't screw up soup. For the people who have not seen Temple of Doom, let me do to describe the table. So all of the guests are in formal, traditional Indian garb, except for short round, who is really just in, like, a New York Yankees cap and very, very casual the juxtaposition is that the uh, prince is also short round's age. He is a young kid who is in the most formal, bejeweled spectacle of the entire movie. Short round did not need to follow tradition. And I'm like, all right, he's the punk. Yeah, he's just sticking with it. If you look at the prince throughout the scene, most of the time the prince is bored until... Indy really starts to press about certain things about the thuggy cult that the prince steps in and is like, oh, no, listen up. Like, I'm never going to let this destruction ever happen again. And, you know, Indiana Jones has to apologize. But then, you know, short round the entire time is not listening nor caring about what's going on at that end of the table. He's just like, I need to eat something. I can't eat any of this. If the prime minister invites you to a dinner, same with the prince. The Maharaji, the Maharaja, would you go? Yes, I would go in a heartbeat. Just because I, I feel like it's an opportunity, how do you pass that up? They don't ask you if you have any dietary restrictions now. Like, they don't ask what your favorite food is. No, it's, it's literally you uh, take it or leave it mentality. Would I eat the food served? I would do my best. But that being said, if it was that four-course meal... I'd have to skip certain ones. At least the courses that are in the scene, I feel like I would eat the beetles for sure, the, the bugs. I could definitely handle that. I feel like that's something that my stomach can handle, and I feel like that's a lot of good protein. 
don't know about you, but it's interesting because eyeball soup or just eyeballs in general eating. I know Japanese cuisine eats certain fish eyes and the only eyes I've seen eaten bear grills, he eats a yak eye. The idea of it being cooked properly, I feel like I, I could give that a shot. The chilled monkey brains, I would suck it up and I would try that just to try it. I don't think that my stomach would be able to handle it, but I'd give it a shot. It's the eels that get me. I don't think I could do the eels because it's what you said earlier, you know, the toxins that are in live eels. I don't know if I would be able to. So like certain octopus, like live octopus, there's, you know, you have the certain tentacles and you can eat it while it's actually moving. I'm wondering if I could even do that. I have not tried that, so I don't know. But the idea of putting a full live being into my mouth and trying to chew it and swallow it, I don't know if I could do it. So I think that would be the hardest one. And I wonder if there's a way to get around it. I would do my best to try to explain that I don't know if my stomach can handle it. Would it be okay if I skip it? If they told me no, I would I would suck it up. I don't know what consequences I would have, but it'd be a story. So at this scene, guys, there is this British captain as well. Obviously, we've already talked about the food and we've already described the food. But they have a drink. They have a cup. And the captain, he doesn't actually drink. He dips his finger in it as if he's poison testing the drink itself. He's, he, he is his own poison tester. And I'm like, huh. We're still uh, skeptical of what that drink is. And if he really was just like poison testing it, but obviously he did not die. So I guess it was okay. If you look at the beginning of the film, one of the first things that happens is Indiana Jones gets poisoned. And it's a drink that he downs this drink. And then Lau is like, oh, here's the antidote. So, you know, you're going to die if you don't have this. And it's just interesting that they bring that back into that scene. What I think that really does is it really gives you a, the dynamic of the British government and you know the Indian citizens, or at least the uh, in this case, the prime minister and the prince and uh, the elite of the what their dynamic was. Because as much as like this captain is just coming in to do a check, it's not fully hostile, but at the same time, there's some animosity in that. And so you would think that the British captain would be like oh well no i trust you but that just shows that like oh how much does he really trust them he has to check to see if he's being poisoned so i think that's such a little minor detail that's so important and it adds layers that was a good point i never even realized that ourselves we just thought he's just poison testing it you know it's interesting the way the prime minister introduces the british captain and he kind of insults the british government in saying like oh they always need to check in on us and it's like, oh, so there's a little animosity there. Even though Indiana Jones is bringing up these things and Prime Minister says, hey, it's not normal for our guest to insult, you think that he's the one that's bringing the animosity, but it's not just him. It's this British soldier is here in his cavalry or, or his brigade, or they're not that welcomed, you know? And I think that's something that kind of gets underlooked or, or, or gets overlooked. I think it just brings a bigger dynamic to the way the politics were working. In your personal life, what's the weirdest meal you ever had? I tried kangaroo in Australia. And I say it's weird because I thought it was like, at the time, 
I'm like, oh, I'm eating what the locals are eating. And it's like, no, the locals don't eat kangaroo. <laughs> and it's not the best meat. And it's something that it was weird because I thought I was doing something that was part of their culture. And it is not. And I think that's what made it weird because in the middle of the meal eating it, I'm like, oh, this is actually, this is decent. This is okay. It's not that great, but it's okay. I could get why they like it. And it's like, I kept saying they as like thinking like people, locals are eating it. And it's like, then, you know, I asked the waiter after, I'm like, what's your favorite way of doing kangaroo? And he was like, I don't eat that. And I'm like, oh, it's for the tourists. You know, and I'm thinking I'm here trying to be open to the idea of like, oh, this is something that they have, but it's not. It's not. So it was kind of a little, a little, little awkward. When I'm in Connecticut, where's the best place to eat? First and foremost, the best pizza in the world, in my opinion, is from Roseland's Pizza in Derby, Connecticut. Now, I did grow up in Derby, Connecticut, so I do have a complete bias and it's very subjective, but it is wonderful. You had El Presidente give it an amazing review on the pizza review on Barstool for Barstool. And I think it's a testament to like, it is wonderful pizza. So if you're ever in Connecticut, try to go to Roseland. Actually, what's really interesting, New Haven style pizza is a thing. Because here in LA, at Smorgasbord, LA, there is a stand that serves New Haven style pizza. It's, it's an actual thing. And it's interesting because Pepe's is in New Haven, Connecticut, and they built their second location in Fairfield. When they were building everything, they copied everything. But what they found was they needed the water from New Haven to give the flavor to the crust and the dough to be able to have the same sort of uh, pizza from uh, the New Haven location. I saw at Smorgasbord, I saw a New Haven style pizza. I'm like, they have to have the water from New Haven to be able to give it that taste. And I felt like the taste was the same. So I don't know. Do they have the water shipped out? Do they have the dough shipped out? I want to know. So I'm very intrigued by that. Bob, fucking awesome, man. Okay. If you want to know more about this dinner from Temple of Doom, well, guess what? Rent or buy the movie. Duh. It's that easy. If you want to know more about Bob, his projects, his company, Google him, IMDb him, go to Companion Pictures and check out what his company does. It's also that easy. If you want to meet him, head to the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Hopefully it is still going to go on this year. Crossing my fingers. There is a chance. I don't know what the percentage of that chance is, but there is a chance Bob might be there. As for me, check out all of our episodes, our restaurant fiction episodes on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write a little blurb. That's it. Once again, that easy. Until next time, keep it real, keep it fresh, and always keep it on the flip side. Cut to. Exterior. Interior. Restaurant. Bar. Club. Day. Night.